Founded in 2017, Binance is now the world's biggest crypto exchange based on trading volume. Chengpeng Zhao, known as CZ in the crypto world, is the CEO responsible for this virtually overnight success. Today, we're pleased to welcome CZ to the show for a discussion that covers the gamut. From humble beginnings to crypto world domination, we've got it all, and now you're going to get it all. In fact, after this interview, you'll be saying, thank you, sirs. May I have another? It's the, we launched bad crypto at the same time you launched Binance, so how come we aren't billionaires? Episode number 250 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, episode number 250 of the show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and all the peoples of the world that are fascinated by the technology that will soon be a part of everyone's everyday life. Hello, Mr. Travis Wright. Hello, Mr. Joe Com. How are you today? Good, sir. I am well. We are freshly back from South by Southwest and had a great time there. Got a, a really fun video that we put together on the Bad Crypto Podcast Facebook page, as well as in the Mastermind, if you want to see the shenanigans that we got into while on the expo floor. That is true. And it might also be cool to upload that as a blog post, potentially. It would be very cool. I, we could do that. We'll put that on the blog. Easy, yeah, easy peasy. Easy to do. Yeah. And uh, let's let's give thanks to our sponsors today, Travis. We've got LinkedIn and uh, their their jobs uh, feature on their site is well, it's baller because look, you're gonna you're gonna hire people and you want to find the best person. The odds are that person is on. LinkedIn. Uh, they've got a super cool algorithm that doesn't just use, you know, your basic resume stuff, but it, com- it uses AI to combine knowledge of hard skills and soft skills and matches you with the best person. So not only are you looking at skills and background, but also interests, activities, passions, and people who use LinkedIn jobs to get quality hires are ranking it numero uno. That's top of the charts for those of you that don't speak Spanish. So you can actually go post a job today and you'll want to go to linkedin.com forward slash bad crypto podcast. When you do that, you get $50 off your first job post linkedin.com forward slash bad crypto podcast terms and conditions apply as they do to all offers. But we recommend that you go check it out today. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to post a job, go there. If you're looking for a job, go there too. I mean, it's a great place. I love how you can set up little alerts, you know, to see like, oh, blockchain marketing jobs. And then you like, you can put up a little alert and then they'll send you an email or they'll actually send you notifications on your, on your app. So either way, if you are a job seeker or seeking uh, people for your jobs, that's a great place to go. Mm -hmm. Also uh, today we have Divi. And uh, we are proud advisors of this project. We love them. They're the first cryptocurrency, um, really, ecosystem powered by masternodes that can be installed in one click. So it's a crypto app that makes it easy to earn and transact and store your crypto. And uh, with Divi's Mulchi, M-O-C-C-I, the masternode one-click cloud installer, users can begin earning crypto at the click of a button 
without this huge setup process, which is so huge. And it actually took us less than five minutes to set up our master node in our office here. And um, the network smart wallet enables users to easily store and transact their uh, earned crypto uh, with a very simple, intuitive interface. And Divi was created by the Divi Project, a team who has, they're committed to reducing the friction tax of that crypto through ease of use, user experience, and user interface. So check it out at Divi project.org d-i-v-i project.org divi divi bo bivy banana fana fo fivy me ma mo mivy say it with me divi yeah and also we I just love, i love the way you work it yo divity <laughs> we just had uh, tim sanders and nick sapinaro from divi on previous episode if you want to listen to uh, learn more in depth about masternodes go to badco.in forward slash Two, a four, and nine. And today huh? we've got. The hold, on. What? hold on. What? Hold on. What do we do? Before we get to the big interview, what? We also have big news that they may not have heard about yet. Right? Oh. So, you know, we might want to share about this. So, you know, many of the listeners of Bad Cryptopia, people who are tuning in right here, we, we over the years, we have given you bad coin. We originally set it up on BitShares. Uh, which is uh, the same, which is the uh, the blockchain by the same guy who built Steam and built EOS, What's right? What's up, BitShares? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so we went on BitShares and we set up Badcoin and and we've um, I think we've we've uh, created over five billion of them and given out to our fans and whatnot over the past year and a half, two years, and had a lot of fun with that. But we thought, what would happen if we could make Badcoin mineable? What would happen? If- if we could make a brand new blockchain and, you know, because we discovered a problem. We've chatted with so many folks over the past two years. And one of the key things we discovered was Bitcoin is not fair when it comes to mining. You have people like Jihan Wu and some of these large scale mining operations that just have hundreds and thousands of computers just mining Bitcoin all day long, 24 hours a day. And that's, it's impossible for the little guy to mine. Like when Bitcoin started, I was able to mine. I was. I turned on my laptop. I, I installed the blockchain and I started mining. And I mined a block. I got 50, uh, 50 Bitcoin, and then I went to a you know I went to a faucet. I got another five Bitcoin, and then I lost it all because I threw away my computer after it crashed and I forgot about the Bitcoin because it wasn't worth anything. But you can't mine Bitcoin on your laptop anymore. You can't mine Ethereum really on these. And so what Badcoin is? It is a blockchain that is a hybrid of five blockchain algorithms it's a multi-chain that we are launching next month and uh, it's pretty much ready to go now we're still doing some final testings on it and setting the wallet up and and if you have existing bad coin you will be able to do a bad coin swap with your old bad coin to get your new bad coin and then if you have an old computer or a smartphone or even a really fast computer or even asic you're going to be able to mine it equally fair so there's no more discrepancies in, in in fairness when it comes to mining. We have created a solution to decentralize mining. The code is also open source. So any of those smart folks out there want to take that and spin it up and create another blockchain project or crypto out of it, they can because we've opened it up for everyone. So we've made mining fair and uh, we're pretty excited about it. So check it out, badcoin.net. Get on the join, join the wait list. There you go. And more news coming about that because episode number, I want to say 552 is coming up a week from today, uh, which is Wednesday, the uh, 20th of March. And that features Marshall Long, 
who uh, we're going to talk in depth about bad coin. You're not going to want to miss that. But for now, you're not going to want to miss this. Here comes our epic interview with the one, the only CZ. All right. So, so for one, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, CZ. Uh, thank you for having me here. Definitely. Um, so I guess one of the things that, that most everyone wants to know, like we, we pulled our audience, we chatted on Twitter, we, we you know, connect with our audience on Facebook. They want to know, like, what is the process now actually for getting a coin listed on Binance? Because uh, everyone wants to know how it works. Uh, yeah, so uh, it is a bit of a black box model. I have an article written on my LinkedIn. I think most people probably probably already read it. Um, basically, we look for we look for good projects, and it is a subjective um, uh, opinion. So, uh, but if we list any hard criteria, people is going to engineer it, right? So, if let's say if we say your community size has to be X number of Twitter followers, or X number of uh, Telegram group uh, in your group. Then right. people would revert. People would engineer and kind of cheat it. So we can't really publish any hard metrics. And other exchanges have tried uh, saying community. Uh, we tried community voting as well. Again, there's a lot of as soon as you make a rule, people figure out how to bend it. And uh, so right now, basically, we just ask for a lot of information, and then we decide on our own internal team decides it. So it is a bit of a black box, but there's a few things that will help. If you have a large number of real users, that means you have a product that a lot of people already use. That's really mm-hmm. good. Um, if you don't have that, then you should at least have a product product or a prototype. Uh, that's a little bit easier for us to judge. Before that, if you just have a concept, then it's a little bit, it's a little bit harder. Then you better have a really good team. But we consider all of those things uh, together. The other, the other thing people are mistaking is they think we take a one-shot look at the project and say yes or no. Uh, but we don't. We look we we look at the project through a process, through time. So even if you look at the project, say we, we are not listed now, it doesn't mean we are not listed forever. Mm-hmm. If the project shows co- continuous progress over time, it's much easier. It, then it's much easier for us to say, oh, look, this this bunch of guys are working very hard on it. Um, so yeah, that, uh, there's a number of different um, angles, and it's not a very clear process. But I do think we have a very good listing process, which contributed very significantly to our success. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. We heard we heard you hate ICOs. Is that true? Like you, you guys don't want to put ICOs on there? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, no, that's no, that's I, I don't hate ICOs at all. What I, I wrote an article a long time ago saying I don't like big ICOs. And then Ooh. again, a lot of people, a lot of people thought that I like small ICOs. And a lot of people are telling me, look, <laughs> I have a tiny ICOs. So you must like me. Yeah, like, it's a medium, I got a medium, medium ICO over here. Uh, so no, it's not what I said, right? So I just don't like big ICOs. I don't, I, but that doesn't that, that doesn't automatically make me like all small ICOs. Yeah, we don't go have put, to look at the project, Travis. Don't put yeah. words in his mouth. I, mean, <laughs> I want a clarification on that. I was like, I don't want CZ to be known as the ICO hater. Yeah, don't be a hater. Yeah, now no, so, go ahead. So, but I actually really like ICOs. I do believe uh, fundraising on the blockchain is a killer app for the blockchain space. So I, I still think that's going to be a really uh, awesome feature to uh, to our industry. So I um, I like it. 
you know, I'm sure there's some people that, you know, never heard of you before Binance and think you just popped out of nowhere, but you didn't. You know, you you've worked in the Tokyo Stock Exchange. You worked at Bloomberg Tradebook, making, you know, developing futures trading software. You founded a company called Fusion Systems. You worked at Blockchain.info and you were chief technology officer at OKCoin before you left to uh, to start Binance in 2017. So when you were evaluating the exchange space in, in, you know, 2016 and 17, what was it that made you say, you know what, this is missing from the market and we're going to go fill that space with this new exchange? I joined this crypto industry in 2013. And at that time, I've been working pretty much for about 12, 13 years already uh, in the uh, financial uh, fintech industry. Well, that's a new, that's, we didn't have that term back then, but it was a financial technology industry. In 2013, we uh, we thought about doing a crypto-to-crypto exchange. Even when I was at blockchain.info, that discussion came up a couple of times. And, but we thought the market was too early. I left OKCoin at uh, 2015, not 2017. And I look at the market again, we said it was still too early. I think Polonex was already there. Bittrex probably wasn't even started back then, or, or, or Bittrex was, was very small. Um, by 2017, um, so between those two years, I was actually, uh, we were actually, I had a team developing an exchange platform, uh, which really helped. By 2017, we saw the volumes on Polonex and Bittrex, and they were pretty decent. And we said, okay, now the, now the market is ready, uh, so let's do it. And we did it. And so it would, probably would have been better if we started uh, like three or four months earlier, to be honest. It, like March 2017 is probably the ideal time to do that. Uh, we waited until June. Um, but it's okay. Um, three months later, but uh, we uh, we got very lucky that we caught the wave um, of the 2017 rise, and that helped us grow. Yeah, I wish I would have bought my Bitcoin two years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wishes that. Right. You know, I was looking at this, and, and uh, Joel and I we started the Bad Crypto Podcast in July of 2017. You started Binance in June of 2017. Um, I'd say you're doing a little bit better than us. <laughs> It depends, on how you measure. <laughs> it, depends on, it, it depends on how you measure better, right? If doing a podcast makes you happy, then uh, uh, then it's probably better. That's true. Exchange a billion so dollars pressure, a quarter would be happy too. That would be good. <laughs> but you, you also deal with a lot more headaches. So, you, so for, for a lot of people, you, getting being richer may not necessarily make them happier or better. So That's true. What you want. As yeah. they say, more money, more problems. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, so I want to ask about this. So you guys, you guys trade in what about 180 different countries? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So that means 180 different sets of maybe uncleared regulations in certain countries. And so I think it's fascinating. Like, how do you guys even go about managing that to not upset certain countries and certain constituencies out there? It's actually so. Yes. So um, there's a couple of things there. Um, in uh, in most of those countries, in most of the countries today, the regulations are still not clear. So I think, in mo- and also in most countries, if they if the law not prevents you from doing something, then that's assumed legal, right? So what's what's uh, you're, you're you're innocent until proven gu- or until proven guilty, basically. So if the law doesn't prevent you from doing something, then uh, unless the law changes. And also, uh, we do have a very uh, so. And when there are clear laws preventing us from doing that, we're very polite. We uh, we, we we leave the country alone, and we don't we don't fight against them. And uh, we do try to talk to them to the extent we can. But there's 180 different countries, so we don't have a lot of time on that. 
Uh, third is we do have very good uh, we do have a very good legal team, and we have a, a number of very uh, uh, extensive outside legal counsel uh, that's helping us. So it's not an easy problem to solve, but uh, we just deal with it really. You know, here on the show, we're all about teaching regular people about crypto because we want to see mass adoption of this amazing technology that we think is going to revolutionize the world. So I'm wondering, what do you think is going to be the the Netscape watershed moment where all of a sudden people wake up and go, oh, crypto, we're, we're using these wallets and we're using these exchanges. What does it look like to you and when do you think that's going to happen? So that's a really tough one. So uh, honestly, the short, an- short answer would be, I don't know. Um, for example, if you asked me two years ago or three years ago, what was going to be the killer app in 2017 or 18? I would, I would not have said fundraising. So yeah, I think it is fundraising that gave us the uh, uh, bullish market in 2017, especially for Ethereum, and which is the main, main token that people use to raise money. So uh, I think it's very hard to predict exactly when and what were triggered. But I think if you take a longer uh, horizon, say 10 years, 20 years, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there. This is the same thing as if you ask me in, in, in 1998, uh, uh, when all the uh, uh, e-commerce companies are kind of having issues with uh, payments and logistics, which one's going to be the winning uh, e-commerce uh, platform? I would not have said Amazon. Um, so it, it, uh, uh, that's a tough one. Honestly, I don't know, but I think it will happen. Um, and I think from a business pr- perspective, my approach is basically we just got to be ready when it happens. So uh, we just got to stay flexible and dynamic. Yeah, that's great. Actually, Joel and I were um, we're thinking about our next strategy. What we want to do is we're going to fork the Binance coin. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad strategy. <laughs> we can see we're going to call it Binance Cash. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> hey, um, so speaking of this, so so you actually followed me on, on Twitter. I'm I'm T W on Twitter, T E E D U B Y A on Twitter. But you weren't following Joel, which no. was hilarious. Hurt my feelings. Yeah. And then I would always give him a hard time. I'd be like, dude, C Z follows me. He doesn't follow you. Ha ha. And then you unfollowed me. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, so what's up uh, with that? Sure, let me explain that too then. So, the, so I have a very rudimentary way of using Twitter. So I'm not, counter to what people believe, I'm not a Twitter expert. Um, I actually only spend, a, I, I spend somewhere between 30 minutes to 60 minutes on Twitter every day because I want to interact with the community mm-hmm. community, and I want to learn things. I try to allocate 20, 20% of my time interacting with users and Twitter is part of it, not all of it. Um, and I follow people who typically make, uh, make comments in my tweets and uh, that I deem as very constructive and helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I follow them. But I do, uh, I do check my follow list once every month or so. And if the, uh, if, uh, so basically, if the guy's tweeting too much or too little, um, if I don't recognize a name in my Twitter list uh, or follow list, that means the guy's probably not tweeting very much and I would just click on follow. Um, if the guys, if a guy's tweeting too much, for example, I would probably unfollow myself on Twitter because I tweet too much, I think. Um, but if the guy's tweeting too much and kind of spams my uh, feed, then I kind of click on follow as well. So I don't know which category. I think I probably have not came across Joe um, in my Twitter comments because it, it's fairly random, right? So I don't see I don't see all the comments and I don't see everybody who's doing tweeting at me. I probably yeah. just follow Travis and um, I probably didn't fully recognize Travis's name when I was looking at the following list. And, yeah, and you unfollowed me. I really appreciate that. We're good friends now. I like that. <laughs> I remember, sure, that. I remember so that when I'm a billionaire, CZ, you're going to regret that. 
<laughs> it's easy to fix. I just click follow again. We'll fix it. Now, there you go. Now I know both of you, and uh, we can fix that easily. We're, we're, so, we're buddies now. But, oh, that, yeah, that's, 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 that's yeah, that's how I use Twitter. So uh, don't take it too personally. Well, let, let's talk about uh, the future of Binance. You know, as right now you are, it is the biggest exchange, um, basically from nothing to you know billions virtually overnight. You that had to surprise you to some degree. I'm, I'm assuming because as much as you want to build something that you think a lot of people are going to enjoy, were you blown away to see just how successful the exchange was? Yes, absolutely. I, I had no idea uh, that you would. T- so basically, from uh, starting to become the world's number one exchange to be ranked no- the first time uh, number one on coin market cap took about six, less than six months. Hmm. So that was mind blowing. So I thought it would take us three years at minimum to like it would become top ten. Um, so I thought it was going to be a long longer grind, um, and that growth put a lot of stress on us. For example, we didn't have enough customer support to deal with the growth at that time. Um, so um, so uh, and then, but I guess we got very lucky in the sense that we had a decent product, and we worked really hard. I think the, I think the market demanded something that was better, and uh, the network effects are very strong. I mean, we're living internet world, internet plus blockchain world today, so things spread very quickly, and it actually spread more quickly than I thought. But at the same time, that that opportunity was uh, was available. Like the 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 bull the bull market in two thousand seventeen was available to. The other ten thousand exchanges uh, that are out there or have tried and failed, um, so that opportunity was there. Um, but we got lucky; we caught onto it, so that turned out to be quite good. Yeah, it was perfect timing for sure. And um, you know, what what do you lend that to? Do you think it was the? Because I, I like the site because it's so easy to use; it's intuitive. The user experience is great. The UI is pretty simple. I mean. I mean, do you think it was just a combination of all of those? It was just a perfect storm plus the bull market? Plus, for one, you have a great name. I mean, Binance, Finance, beautiful name, plus you got the dot-com. I mean, it's just a nice little perfect storm for you with that with, with that ride there in 2017, huh? Yeah, I think it's pretty much what you said. I mean, for anything to be successful, you need all the factors to work together, and you need 99 things to be right. And for something to fail, all you need is one thing to go wrong. So I think if you look at it, any success story, they pretty much they is like a perfect storm. Yeah. And for example, like this, there's other more fundamental things. For example, security is really, really important. I think today, Binance uh, Exchange is probably the only centralized exchange that can protect your funds, even when you get SIM swapped and email hacked mm. and 2FA hacked. Even in the, I think we're the only exchange today that can have a pretty decent chance of uh, protecting your funds, even when that happens. So we and we invested a lot to make that feature available. Um, so uh, we sacrificed a lot of other opportunity costs, like not not doing margin, not doing futures, which are very high profit driven mm-hmm. pro- businesses, to make Binance.com more secure. Most people don't know that yet. Um, so that's so crucial. That's that's me. I mean, with the in the age that we're in right now, with you know, you're hearing news every week about some exchange getting hacked and the keys being lost in this, and so. By you guys taking security as an utmost priority, I think that's why you guys are winning. Uh, yeah, so it's a combination of factors, but I think there's there's a, there's a few fundamental factors: security, ease of use. It's, it's all basic. It's all basic stuff. Yeah, one of the features that I really like that I don't haven't seen anybody else do, and you did this uh, last year, was the sweep of small balances, trace amounts of coins, oh, yes. to convert them to BNB. Uh, that was just that was brilliant. Yeah. So 
originally we wanted to sweep that onto charity, but then we, we, we thought we didn't want to force people to sweep to charity. But that was also a nice feature. And that also gives people a little bit of BNB to start with for some for people who doesn't know about BNB. So some people still don't know what BNB does and they don't use it to, to, to save on the trading fees. So you still get 25% discount. You just post some BNB. And as soon as they have some dust uh, converted to BNB, they, they, they look into it. And so it's actually great for BNB adoption. So that helps a lot. Yeah, maybe explain just a bit more what you know. Uh, you're saying it saves on transaction fees. So the 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 Binance coin BNB. Go ahead and explain exactly how that works. Sure. So it's very simple, right? So on Binance.com, if you have BNB in your account, uh, when you trade, we will automatically deduct uh, trading fees from your from your Binance coin uh, uh, reserves, and you get a 25% discount uh, at market value. So basically, you save 25% on your fees. It's very simple. And then plus, um, uh, we do we do a burn every quarter. So we uh, based on a uh, based on the trading volume and profits that uh, that we that we generate. So uh, so you, uh, it's a deflationary. Uh, so the total supply decreases over time. So you get a little bit of benefit out of that as well. So that's the two main things. Plus, you can use Binance in a lot of other places. Uh, yeah, but most of the other use cases, if you do use them, you will know uh, you will know Binance Coin uh, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Airbnb. <laughs> me too <laughs> i just i actually just swept up i haven't looked in a while and i just swept up a few traces of coins and got 0.05 bnb added to my account boom Crypt- crypto back. dust there it is i love that well that's five bucks so for sure um so so let's just we have a couple questions from some of our audience as well uh one is from from sankit shaw like, what is your vision for the growth of Binance and its impact on the crypto adoption in the next 20 years? Sure. So um, Binance, we want to be the infrastructure services provider for this industry. Uh, maybe uh, provide a couple of different infrastructure services, hopefully, uh, out of many that's uh, available. So we are very heavy in the exchange space, of course. So we're going to that we're going to leverage our strengths and continue to expand our presence in the exchange space. So that's why we're adding the fiat exchanges so that we can uh, more easily facilitate fiat coming into our space. And I think that's going to help crypto adoption hugely. And in, in, indirectly, that's going to help us as well. And on the other side uh, of the centralized exchange we have today is the decentralized exchange. So the DEX, we just released the test net a couple of days ago. And so far, the feedback has been pretty good. And that's an innovative space for um, some say it's the future. So we hope it is. And we have our we have our offering. We have one of our offerings out there. Uh, if it works, great. If it doesn't work, we'll probably try again. Uh, we'll try multiple times if we if we have to. At the same time, we are also doing many other things. For like for example, in education, we have Binance Academy. Um, in charity, we have Binance Charity, which are doing a lot of work in uh, in Africa and other uh, other countries. Charity also serves as an educational platform for a lot of people because uh, most people don't know about crypto. Uh, most of the ultimate beneficiaries or even the intermediaries don't know about crypto right now. So, uh, so mm-hmm. charity has to educate as well. And it's a very practical education. And we also have labs, uh, which invest in projects. We have Launchpad, which helps projects raise money. And then, of course, we have Listing uh, or Binance.com, which helps gives project liquidity and help, help people trade. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're doing a lot of things. I think we're doing enough right now. Oh, plus, we also have the wallet, the, the trust the trust wallet. Uh, so I think wallet is a very key infrastructure service as well. Um, so we'll, we, we already have a lot. Um, so I think right now we'll just focus on those and go deeper and provide better services. What, what about a Binance app? Are you guys looking to create mobile interfaces? 
So we have uh, we have a Binance app for the trading for the Binance.com exchange. Um, so that's already available. Uh, um, for the other stuff, for Binance Dex, for uh, Trust Wallet uh, is mostly mobile driven, and uh, yes, yeah, so we are, uh, mobile is is big today. So we for all of our service offerings, we do target to make them available on mobile. So tell us a little bit more about this about this decentralized exchange that you're building. That was one of the things that that people were really curious about as well because it's brand new. I think that's probably why you're doing some of the PR, you know, interviews and stuff that you're doing this week. Um, tell us a little bit more about the DEX. How does it work? How does it work with your current exchange, and which is a centralized exchange? And then how does the decentralized exchange work on its own? Sure. Uh, the decentralized exchange, the Binance DEX, is pretty independent uh, in the technology sense, in the way it works. So it, it is a uh, it, it is a blockchain on-chain uh, exchange where the matching happens on-chain and the user holds their own private keys. So before you trade, you don't have have to uh, you don't have to deposit uh, funds at anywhere. Um, so if the trade if the trade is successful, the fees uh, the 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 funds are deducted from your uh, address just like a transfer. Uh, if the trade is you not connected with like a MetaMask or something, is that is that your uh, wallet is connecting into that somehow? So we we support five uh, different ty- uh, five or six different type of wallet structures already. You can use a Meta. I'm not sure if we integrated with MetaMask, but you can use a private key that's stored in your browser. You can use a file to store your key. You can use a, a hardware wallet. You can use the built-in web wallet that we provide, and a number of other choices. So, gotcha. um, I would, I would, I, I, of course, you can use Trust Wallet. Um, and I would, I would actually highly recommend people using the uh, hardware wallets. And uh, Trust Wallet works for the hardware wallet as well. So, um, and that way, you, 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 you know for sure that the private keys never leave your device, uh, and it's sa- It's quite safe. So. Uh, now, so now the biggest difference is now uh, for a lot of the users who are worried about uh, putting their funds in custodian of the centralized exchange. Now they don't have we solve that problem. Now you don't have to worry about that. Historically, or at least currently, most of the decks suffer from uh, a liquidity, speed, and uh, ease of use. And I think we made a significant improvement in those areas. Uh, the Binance chain is really really fast. Uh, it's one second blocks. One block is final. So when you submit an order, you, you get confirmation in one second, in one second, and that's it. So uh, we think it's a step forward uh, in the evolution of the blockchains and uh, decentralized exchanges. Um, and uh, how that works with uh, uh, Binance.com, we will definitely help uh, Binance, uh, the Binance chain to, and the Binance Dex to grow from the Binance.com. So for example, if, you, if you're a new project and if you issue a token on the Binance chain, you'd be much easier to integrate and launch on Binance.com for us. And we will we will prioritize the listing request uh, if you do if you do one, and we also um, do encourage other people to switch from ERC twenty tokens to Binance Chain tokens, uh, because the ERC twenty tokens are more expensive to deposit, withdraw, and transfer, and the confirmation times are higher, uh, etc. So we 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 are we are pers- uh, persuading other people to do that, and we already have eight projects that's listed on Binance.com that have already confirmed they will transfer to Binance Chain once we launch the mainnet. And those are eight large proven projects uh, that have fairly decent uh, market caps. Nice. So, um, so, uh, so we'll, we'll, we will help bootstrap and launch the Binance Chain and Binance Dex uh, uh, very heavily from Binance.com. 
I love that you guys aren't afraid to experiment with stuff, you know, and go back to the drawing board and, and see what works and fine tune it. And of course, you know, here's proof that you actually are a fan of, of ICOs because the BitTorrent token, you know, that sale um, sold 7.2 million worth of tokens, almost 60 billion tokens in 18 minutes on the, uh, the the token sale platform on Binance's Launchpad, and you tweeted out that due to a system issue, it should have taken 18 seconds otherwise because the demand was that big. Is, is that true? You think all those tokens would have sold out in under a minute? Oh, absolutely. So, um, there's, a, so we, there's two issues we had with that, uh, uh, with, with that sale. Number one, the upper limit for a single person to buy was like 200k US dollars ish. That was too high. So, so but you, we gotta we gotta understand that BitTorrent was probably one of the uh, the first uh, issue sales uh, at the bottom of the bear market. So we don't know when, when the bear market was gonna end. But I actually, some people on the net say uh, BitTorrent probably changed that, uh, probably turned us from a bear to a bull market. I kind of I can't I can't disagree with them. But basically, we wanted we wanted the uh, the, the sale to be successful and. Um, um, I'll give you some data which was which wasn't public before. Half a million people tried to grab uh, BitTorrent token, and only a thousand people got them. Wow! So, uh, so basically, our system wow. got so our system got completely like overloaded. We thought I don't know maybe five thousand people would go for it, or maybe ten thousand people would go for it, but half a million people uh, went for it, and uh, our system got like fully backloaded. We we didn't estimate the load correctly yeah. um, as usual. Um, and so you would have sold within seconds if if we had, if we had, if we had like allocated the load correctly. Mm. Um, but um, it's good. The, um, they, we we uh, they took our, our device uh, had a very reasonable, basically low valuation for the sale, and it did really well. Um, and I think they 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 are definitely one of the reasons, if not the reason, for uh, contributing to the turnaround in the market, which is good. So, and now we're much more confident doing other uh, issuings and helping other projects to sell their tokens. Yeah. You know, Mr. Joel crypto's a fad. It's going away. There's only, <laughs> there's only half a million people trying to get in on that. Project. So, Holy God. Wanna... Well, you know, you were saying, Travis, that you didn't know that that was going live and you would have bought the tokens. Guess I what? Probably you, wouldn't have. you probably I wouldn't have gotten any. Yeah, probably wouldn't have. I want, I want to actually say this to all the folks out there who are listening. So, so Binance, they did an ICO. And according to ICO Bench, out of a score of five, uh, ICO Bench gave them a 1.2 out of five uh, rating. And, and and their token price on the ICO was $0.10 cents a token. And now, uh, right now, it's $10.59 a token. The number 10 ranked token in all of crypto land. So congrats to you on that, Mr. CZ. That is quite an accomplishment. Thank you. I think we got lucky. Just a minor correction. With a number 10 coin, number one token. Um, so if you look at ah. twenty, if you look at ERC twenty tokens, and actually out of the top, I don't know twenty or twenty or thirty, we're the only token that's uh, in in the top. Uh, mm. We're the number one token right now, but um, we will switch to a coin very soon. Well, congratulations for that. Uh, we want yeah. to respect your time. We know you're on a tight schedule. I just wonder as you leave us if you might be able to uh, just speak to the future of crypto, not when Lambo, when Moon, or when's Bitcoin going to hit you know, $20,000, or is John McAfee going to have to cut off his dick or anything like that. Uh, just more of a, you know, a big picture of where do you think the world is going and how is blockchain going to change everything? I think crypto is going to be everywhere. Um, crypto is going to replace uh, the current financial. Uh, or crypto is going to uh, 
uh, replace quite a large chunk of this current financial system. That most of them are kind of a little bit broken, to, or broken to some extent. So I think we're going to see. Uh, uh, right now, we have not seen so much crypto applications, to be honest. So that's also, but that also speaks to the potential for crypto. Um, so, um, for example, payments uh, is not uh, is not very uh, heavily used right now. And it could be. And I think with a one-second uh, blockchain, one-second confirmation is final, um, you could potentially improve that. Uh, we don't know. We'll see. Uh, in gaming, in real, in e-commerce, in uh, real estate, in everywhere. So I think so far um, the crypto is so early in uh, so early in our in, the, in this uh, industry. Um, some people compared the last bear market to the dot-com uh, bust of 2000, but the dot-com was eight trillion at that time, uh, the market cap. And crypto wasn't that big uh, uh, in the last peak. So crypto is still very, very small. Um, and I think, uh, I also think with the, if we can improve the current financial systems we have today, which has a lot of flaws, uh, if we can improve that, then we, there's so much more for us to, to do, for, 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 for us humans to do, right? Like uh, space exploration, uh, understanding how our universe works and understanding how small we are. And, uh, and looking back at ourselves, we don't even know how, how we work as a human. Right, so we don't even know how we don't even know why we have a soul. We don't even know why we have thoughts. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff for us to do, for us to learn. So having a having a sound financial system will give people more financial freedom and help help them to do more meaningful stuff. So um, and that's what that's what we try to do. So we try to uh, well, that's basically what I know how to do. I think the the biggest contribution I can make is to help crypto adoption and help to improve. The current financial system. So we'll, we'll keep trying, and we'll see what we'll see what happens. Hey, CZ, thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate you uh, joining us today and and sharing with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You know, Trev, CZ is just a really personable guy. A really enjoyable interview. Absolutely, the guy was really smart. Obviously, <laughs> he he created a uh, he decided to create the world's best exchange at the same time that we decided to create the world's best podcast. Mm-hmm. And his seems to be a little more profitable, probably. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I'm not going to say we're having more fun because it sounds like he's having a really good time as well. You know what? It was, it was that was a fun interview. We cracked a few jokes. I want to say he's got a good sense of humor. Some people who are so smart, then they're like they're almost like, you know, their sense of humor is off. But his was spot on. I love my uh, being Airbnb joke. He goes, I, I love Airbnb also. <laughs> I was proud of that one. I thought that, yeah, was, that was really good. So we had a good time with, with Mr. CZ. Mm-hmm. Coming up on our next episode, Vinny Lingham of Civic and followed by Marshall Long to talk about bad coin. One piece of quick news here before we go today that I think is going to make uh, everybody happy. Uh, the story that you sent to me said that Jay Clayton, the chairman of the uh, Securities Exchange Commission, said that they are not viewing Ethereum as a security nor tokens like it. Mm-hmm. Well, they've also said that Bitcoin's not a security, which would mean bad coins also not a security, which is great. And um, yeah, so I mean, this right here, this is news people have been waiting on because they were thinking, oh my God, is Ethereum a security? And that whole cloud that was covering it up dropped the price, I think, over time from what, 1700 or 1500 whatever it was, all the way down to 90 bucks or whatever the low it got down to. And uh, maybe this will help uh, end the crypto winter, knowing that the project that most of the coins are built on, the ERC-20 platform for the most part, 
you know, a lot of those are going to be securities, but at least Ethereum is not a security. So that clears up some of the things. And uh, that's exciting. That's good news. Maybe we could see some uh, more good news on the horizon and maybe the price growing up in the horizon. What he said is, in quotes, no one is creating it for their own control of Bitcoin. It's designed to be a payment system replacement for sovereign currencies. We've determined that that doesn't have the attributes of a security. As far as I'm concerned, it's designed to be akin to the dollar, the yen, the euro, and it operates that way. People who purchase it are expecting it to operate that way. So, yes. And, uh, you know, there's been a little bit of uh, a sense that maybe the crypto winter is coming to a close, just like the groundhog said winter is going to, you know, uh, that spring will be here early. So we, we've seen some signs, some some potentially bullish signals, and uh, I still don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows. But uh, the only way that you can stay on top of it is to uh, keep listening to us. We're going to keep you, keep giving you guys the news, keep uh, updating you, keep interviewing really intelligent folks. I mean, seriously, we brought you CZ today. That's that, that was one of the ones that was on the bucket list right there, Mr. Mm-hmm. Jocom. So that's that's why we had a special number here, number two fifty. If you notice, we have a theme. You know, the number one hundreds and the fifties are always normally somebody really cool. And uh, so we keep that trend going. And if you really want to stay in tune with what's going on in the crypto world, then you're going to want to make sure that you stay back. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.